Listening in on conversations going on around me growing up, there was a phrase I often heard peppered throughout adult conversations. At a friend's house, someone might ask, where is he now? Did he get caught up in the system? Or an elder in the barber shop might caution, they keep carrying on like that, and they're gonna get caught up in the system. That phrase, caught up in the system, and the worried, hushed tones that accompanied its use got my attention. What was this system? Where was it? And how was it so powerful and dangerous that you couldn't get out? As usual, the practical wisdom and creative speech of black people was on point. There is a system. It produces consistent, consistently harsh, comprehensive, and relentless conditions for black people. Across the country, a network of systemic forces exerts profound targeted pressure on millions of black Americans, causing real and substantial harm to their lives and blocking their opportunities to reach their human potential. This system continues to contain where black people live. It reduces the quality of their communities, and it limits their access to critical resources. It profoundly shapes black people's relationships with the police and the criminal justice system, funneling them into conditions of highly punitive, life-threatening police violence and longer jail sentences than others would face for similar charges or crimes. The system suppresses black people's wages and reduces their access to quality lending and housing. These, along with other forms of significant economic discrimination, have for decades reduced the growth of integrational black wealth to a small fraction, roughly 10% of the wealth white Americans pass down to their children, creating economic precarity and increasing the likelihood of financial catastrophe. This same system shapes our neighborhoods, whether majority white or black, including who has greater or lesser access to green space, to sources of healthy food and safe outdoor recreation, and to quality doctors, hospitals, and other healthcare professionals. The environmental conditions created by this system cause extreme physical distress and illnesses that drive many chronic diseases to which black people are disproportionately vulnerable. It profoundly influences the quality of our schools, including staggering gaps based on race in levels of funding and teacher experience and quality. Systemic racism is among the most powerful and determinate forces constraining life, opportunity, and freedom in our country today. It casts a wide, flexible, and often invisible net over black people. It functions more or less seamlessly and largely out of view. The effects of systemic racism are not exclusively or even mainly created by policies that make an explicit announcement of intent to discriminate, but instead by a combination of policies written in race-neutral language whose content is designed in ways that interact with other policies and entrenched practices and beliefs to reinforce negative outcomes for black people. For example, stand your ground laws, which extend the right to self-defense into any public space, are written in race-neutral language, but because they hinge on the perception of threat to determine their legitimate application, entrenched and heightened white fears of black people provide enhanced legal cover for whites who shoot or kill black people. In fact, stand-your-ground defenses are least effective when black people shoot or kill whites. Three strikes laws, laws that require sentences of 25 years to life, as in the case of California, for a third felony, no matter how minor the felony might be, 
have triggered preposterous and non-negotiable sentences for people who are charged with or commit minor offenses. When the application of three strikes laws interconnects with other highly punitive policing behavior, such as the ghetto-targeted application of broken windows, discussed further in Chapter 3, the combination increases the likelihood that black people will be disproportionately stopped and charged for low-level offenses and subjected to disproportionately harsh treatment. This has led to black people being overrepresented among those receiving extreme sentences, such as 50 years without parole for a man who stole three golf clubs from a pro shop, and 50 years without parole for another man for stealing children's videotapes from a Kmart store.